Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. Good morning, Bucknutters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Friday, May 22nd, 2020. I am Dave Biddle. I am very happy to be joined by Jonah Booker for his usual Friday visit. Jay Book, we've been talking so much about will there be a college football season and this and that, and, and I frankly have been concerned about it. I've, all, I've thought all along there should be a college football season. But man, over the last week or so, last few days if you will, it sure feels like momentum is mounting in a big way for us to have college football this fall. Just your thoughts on the recent developments and how you feel about that. Yeah, I 100% agree. I think you're starting to see um, a huge moving train going downhill fast when it comes to will there be football played. I think, you know, everybody who was kind of just sitting back and watching the thing that I always said is why make decisions now? Let's see how things progress. And that's kind of what we're starting to see. And I also believe that it really needed to take, uh, we really needed to see professional sports lead the way and busted that wall here. And with the NBA looking like they're about to come back as well as the NHL, you already had NASCAR back and UFC already hosting fights. I thought, I think it was just inevitable. The bottom line is these schools, need the money they need the tv revenue and i thought you i thought you made an excellent point yesterday um commenting on gene smith you know like you said we were debating would there be football now they're debating how many fans they're going to be able to allow in the stadium that's a huge shift right there so you you know 20 30 40 50 i i really don't care um because that tells me right now that there's going to be a lot of football being played all across the country. And you're even starting to see the Pac-12 starting to move forward. And I was listening to uh, USC's athletic director on the Paul Feinbaum show yesterday. And basically he was also saying that uh, they have a plan in place here out in LA where things were looking really sketchy with the Pac-12. So if the Pac-12 is feeling like they're going to play, then I think everybody's going to be playing some football. It's just a matter of logistics and, um, Will the non-conference games be played? Because I, you know, team touched bases on it's too early to tell if, if the game's going to still happen at Oregon, and he really hadn't thought about uh, asking to see if that game can be flip-flop. Yeah, it's crazy. It, two weeks ago, we were wondering if there's going to be a college football season. That, that's what everybody was debating, and now it's like people, and we still don't know for sure. But it's now it's as you mentioned, like the main debate is like last couple days is like, well, how many people are we going to have in the horseshoe when we do have games? It's like, sign me up for this development. All right, let's get to questions from front row message board subscribers, Bucknut subscribers. First question comes from 
data, my data. Also, his name is Fazio. Says J Book, big fan of your work. You're the best Twitter follow out there. He obviously doesn't follow me on Twitter. I think you said you played ball at Ohio University. So how did you become an Ohio State fan, J Book? Just from growing up in Ohio? Yeah, thanks for uh, thanks for the question and the praise. I really appreciate that. Twitter's a lot of fun, and interacting with you guys is is a big part of my day. Um, how I became a Ohio State fan? Always, I grew up with a Ohio State fan. You know, from the time that you know I was in the crib, it was dressed in Ohio State. For for me, it, I wasn't good enough to play at Ohio State. I remember vaguely, you know, when I was being recruited, going up to the Ohio State camp uh, when John Cooper was there. And uh, basically, you know, I went up there, posted a good 40, but I was undersized. You know, they, they told me that. They were recruiting myself as well as one of my other teammates who was a late offer to Ohio State. And uh, he felt like that he had a better shot at playing somewhere else. So he ended up going over to Toledo. But I went up to the Ohio State uh, camp and performed really well, ended up getting several MAC offers based off that. And then from there, just, you know, Ohio State, they showed – you know, vague interest, got a ton of mail from those guys, but was never offered. But that still didn't change my love for the Buckeyes and Ohio State. I always had an affinity for them. Even though I wasn't good enough to play there, um, being recruited, you know, my love for those guys never changed. Being a D1 college football player on scholarship is really hard to do. So kudos to you, sir. Next question comes from S. Fair. With COVID taking away the spring practices and impacting the summer as well, do you guys assume that Gunnar Hoke will be the backup quarterback? Will the freshman get enough reps in the fall to unseat him? You go first, and I'll give my take, Jay Book. I know we touched base on this very quickly last week, and I thought that Gunnar Hoke was going to be the guy. Now, it just tells you how much things have changed since the last time we talked. And I was basing that based off I we didn't know when the players were going to be back. The biggest thing for the, the two freshman quarterbacks was not being able to get on campus and not being able to get the reps and, and the coaching and everything that they need. With those guys being able to get back on the campus, it increases their likelihood that one of those guys could uh, move into that second spot. But if you had to, you know, if you had to ask me to lay a bet down, it would be that Gunnar Hope will start out, and I think it would drag into the actual season to where those guys will need to continue to compete. I just think that it's going to be such a huge learning curve for those guys right now uh, going into a, a, a pretty shortened spring football season and then learning the playbook. If Dave, you remember Dwayne Haskins said he really had a, a, a tough time uh, grasping how – how the intricacies and how thick that playbook is. And uh, Justin Fields even said it took him a long time to really get a grasp of that playbook of Ryan Days, which run a lot of pro concepts. Uh, but I think those guys, they have a shot. But if I was betting, I think it would be Gunnar Hope. Yeah, I'm torn here. I will say this. I think if in the Bowling Green game, if Justin Fields has a very minor injury and, you know, they, they know he's fine, but they need to put somebody else in there, I think it'll be Gunnar Hope. I think if we're midway through the season and it's a big game, maybe at Penn State, maybe even Iowa at the horseshoe, although I think Ohio State's going to be more than ready for that game, I'm going to stick with my guns here and say C.J. Stroud. I, I just feel like he's the most talented of the backup quarterbacks, and I really like Jack Miller as well. I mean, 
Jay Book, you laid it out on last week's show about how good Jack Miller is. Like when this guy's healthy, he is legit. The only problem has been durability, not toughness, not toughness at all, but durability. So I like Jack Miller a lot too. I just think, man, I just think if Ryan Day has to go win a football game and C.J. Stroud has had half a season of reps, at least in practice, I think they're going to go with C.J. Stroud as the backup. But it's a great question. And hopefully we'll never know the answer to that question. <laughs> Justin Fields will just stay healthy. All right, next question also comes from S. Fair. Jay Book, are you expecting any surprises in the defensive backfield when the Buckeyes start the season? Um, I would was, I was say – when it comes to surprises, I'm not sure um, if he's saying, you know, a, a couple of freshmen are going to pop up. But the guy to keep an eye on is, is uh, Marcus Hooker. I think he's going to be a talent that's going to jump off the page there. From from people I've talked to, they say he's ready. He's ready. He's not, you know, he's, he's not as athletic as his brother Malik. But if you look at last year, he was starting to get reps there towards the end of the season, especially in the big games when it comes to the Big Ten Championship as well as Michigan. He was out there getting some reps, and I know Kerry Combs is really big on him. Um, a lot of people talk about, you know, some of the other guys, but I think Hooker's name gets overlooked a little bit here, but I think he's going to be one to keep an eye out on. Next question comes from Noonan's 40. Noonan's 40 asks, down six at Penn State in a wideout. Ohio State has the ball at their own 20 with two minutes remaining. Who is your chosen quarterback, running back, and four wide receivers to score and take a touchdown to take the lead? Quarterback will be easy, Jay Book. Um, I know that. Quarterback, running back, and four wide receivers. Yeah, quarterback, obviously, we're going with Troy Smith. Um, he's just blood in his veins when you need that, that drive. Um, you know, the way he torched Michigan whenever Ohio State needed a big TD speaks for itself. Running back, give me Zeke Elliott because at any moment you give him a, a crease and he can take it to the house. I mean, if you're talking about four wideouts, you can go with a bevy of guys. You know, how far do you want to go back? Do you want to throw Terry Glenn in there? He's a, he's a guy that you obviously have. Joey to Galloway, David Boston. Joey. Oh, man. Yeah. Chris Carter. Oh, man. Michael Thomas. <laughs> of, of, yeah, yeah, I, it's unbelievable. It, you know, you could even go Brian Hartline, clutch guys like Gonzo, who you want to, who, who you want in the game, uh, whenever it's clutch. So you can, you can just go with, you know, pick, just put some names up on the board and throw a darts at them, and you'll come out all right. I love how Michael Jenkins is the all-time leader in receiving yards at Ohio State, which is really 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 hard to do and also Michael Jenkins was a first round draft pick by the Falcons won a national championship at Ohio State makes several clutch catches people talk about Krenzel making the throws who caught those balls Jenkins caught holy butt guy Jenkins caught fourth and 14 Jenkins caught a bunch of other and we don't even talk about Michael Jenkins I mean, that's that shows you the lineage of receivers it was crazy and you know what's crazy about, about a J-Book? It's like the lineage of receivers happened before Ohio State was really throwing the football that much. Right. How about this name? Santonio Holmes. Talk about his clutch catching the Super Bowl with Big Ben against the Arizona Cardinals in the back of the end zone. You talk about a guy that needs to make a play on the biggest stage. Santonio Holmes getting those feet down to pretty much win the Super Bowl for the Steelers doesn't get any bigger than that. 
Super Bowl MVP, a part of that 2002 fantastic recruiting class. Just absolutely star-studded. All right, next question. Jonah Booker, as a former defensive football player, what do you think of the current helmet-to-helmet rule? I I currently hate the rules that are in place by the NCAA because it's, it's so hit or miss. I mean, we we were making a lot of a lot of jokes during this past bowl season about guys getting kicked out if you were in the Big Ten and you watch a SEC pretty much spear somebody and it wasn't even a penalty. So it just depends on what league that you're playing in where guys could get knocked out for targeting. I'm all for guys having safety, but it's the nature of the game. There's going to be incidental contact when you have a guy that's six six like Trevor Lawrence and he lowers his his head and a guy's coming in to make a tackle and the quarterback lowers his head and he stoops down and, and helmet to helmet uh, incidental contact hit and the guy gets thrown out the game. I think that's that's awful. I think you should they should be looking at a situation where um, they should be judging the intent of it. If a guy's blatantly coming in and he's head hunting and he's trying to knock somebody out and it's a blatant dirty play, I'm all for kicking that guy out. But if it's a boom-boom play where the guy wasn't trying to hurt someone, it just happened to be in the heat of the play, then call it a 15-yard penalty, but don't throw the kid out of there. Uh, If you even want to do it like soccer, give the kid a yellow card. If he does it again, then he's out the game. But just booting the kid like that, it could be a game-defying type of call, as we obviously know with the Clemson game. But I think the, the, the way that they teach it now, guys are a lot more safe than when I played. I thought the rugby tackling that Chris Ash was teaching, was, as well as Pete Carroll, was one of the safest forms of tackling. But you, the thing that a lot of fundamentals got away with is you always want to have your eyes, have your eyes and head up to see what you're tackling, but you don't want to be bowing your head all the way down because that's when you make yourself susceptible to – spinal cord injuries if you're not seeing what you're hitting. Next question comes from Geodit, G-E-O-D-I-T-T. J-Book, between C.J. Stroud and Jack Miller, who would you like to see be the quarterback at Ohio State to start the 2021 season after Justin Fields heads to the NFL and why? Yeah, I, I mean, to be honest, I'm not I, – I, I don't feel comfortable choosing one of these kids because – I both I think both of these kids are are tremendous prospects. I wouldn't say, hey, I want to choose this kid. Why? Because I like him better. I I'm all for the competition. I think that Ryan Day is one of the best quarterback coaches in all of college football. And I think that once these kids get on campus, you earn what you get. So whoever goes into that it goes into that Lions pit, which is Ohio State football. And whoever rises to the occasion and embraces the competition and wins the battle, that's who I'm for. Because for me to prematurely say I want this kid uh, over this kid is a little early in my book because, you know, both kids are have they need the opportunity to show what they can do. But I think that the competition will suit itself out. Next question comes from Bucks Anthony. He wants to know, should the Big Ten and SEC just combine conferences and have their own league? <laughs> no, I, I don't think they should do that. But I, I do think it would be very, very fascinating if somehow college football was able to incorporate 
what you see in basketball uh, with the Big Ten and ACC challenge. It, it would be absolutely a home run for the college football if you could have a Big Ten and SEC type of challenge there. And for me, just seeing, let's say, Alabama in the shoe or uh, Georgia in the shoe and, and seeing, seeing Michigan, you know, down in, in Baton Rouge, I think that would be a tremendous sight for college football and then settle it on the field. I, I truly believe the SEC top tier teams, they're really, you know, they're pretty good with Alabama, LSU and stuff, and Georgia's solid, even though I think that their their coaching holds them back, but their their player talent is top notch. I think the Big Ten can bang with them. Where we were really hurt is our bottom tier teams, like your your Rutgers and, and your Maryland's. Those teams will probably go down there and get boat race. I almost don't want to ask you this one because this is probably another one you don't want to pick between. But we're going to go to Borny Twenty Two. Borny Twenty Two asks Jay Book, who do you think has a better career at Ohio State, Jack Miller, C.J. Stroud, or Kyle McCord? That's 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 a tough one there. I just think that whoever is going to be the starting quarterback, I, I will tell you this. I think that you're you're one hundred. I'm not going to say it's hundred percent. I think that Kyle McCord is going to redshirt to try to create some separation from uh, Stroud and Jack Miller. And I think whoever wins that quarterback battle between Jack Miller and C.J. Stroud will be in the driver's seat for a couple years. Um, so I think you're in a great situation regardless. But I think that quarterback battle is going to be the one to dictate it because here's the situation that you're looking at. Whoever is the starting quarterback is going to be arguably surrounded with some of the best talent that Ohio State has ever brought in at the skill position players. If you look at the wide receiver position with Julian Fleming and Guy Scott Jr., and, and you look at um, Abuka from Washington who may be coming in here, and Mookie Cooper, you just, name, just keep naming guys. There's so much talent that's coming in that those guys, that quarterback doesn't need to necessarily be a Heisman type quarterback to put up monster numbers and put this team in a playoff contention. Next question is from Geodit again, G E O D I T T. He prefaces his with his question by saying, "Here is a fun question." And by the way, he's right. I really like this one. Who do you think was faster, Ted Ginn, Joey Galloway, Paris Campbell, or Terry Glenn? Oh my goodness, that's good. <laughs> That's a that's a that's a really good one. Now, if we're talking zero, like from zero to forty speed, I'm probably going to say Joey Galloway. If you're talking about hundred meter sprint or more than that, I mean, I, I would I would say I would say Teddy Ginn just be, just because Teddy once he opened up those gates, he is just out of there. But I mean, my goodness, I would. What would you say, Dave? If, if I had to pick right now, I would go Joey one, Teddy two, Paris three, and then Terry Glenn four. But you can probably flip-flop, you know, one, two, three, depending on, you know, what day it is because all three of those guys in their prime was just electric. My answer would be who went to bed early last night and had their Wheaties this morning and, and who stayed out late last night and, and woke up and, and didn't have breakfast because we're talking about, Guys that can absolutely fly, and I think any of those guys could win a race at any given day. I, but I think if I had to pick one, it would be 
Teddy Ginn, but we're talking about all guys who at the NFL Combine, not at Pro Day, not like, you know, just you know, your dad is out there timing you, ran sub 4-4. They all ran in the 4-3s, or in Joey Galloway's case, 4-2, as you mentioned. But it just, just flat out who I think is the fastest. I'm going to give Ted Ginn the edge. But, man, that's tough. All those guys can fly. That 1995 Notre Dame game, I'm sitting there. It's my sophomore year at Ohio State. Terry Glenn catches this little button hook, basically. And you're thinking, okay, that's going to be a nice little catch from Bobby Hoying for about 10 yards. Splits the Notre Dame defenders. And there was a Notre Dame DB who was like an Olympic track athlete. And Terry Glenn just blew past him for a touchdown. I mean, if we're putting him at fourth, it's and I, I agree with you there. You know we're talking about some fast gentlemen. I love that question. All right, a couple more here. This one comes from MH10. J-Book, could you see the defense show more three safety looks in the future? Uh, it would just depend on the depth back there. I don't think so because I think the where Ohio State feels really good about is their front right now, the defensive front. So if you're doing the three safety look, then you're taking some guys off the field there. Um, but I also think that, you know, Ohio State's also looking at some of those hybrid type of players there where they can be, you know, a, a tweener between the linebacker and the safety there. So depending on how you look at that. But I, it could be. I don't think it would be a staple of the defense, the three safety look there. I just think that if they were going to do some type of wrinkles, that could be something that they look at. But more or less, uh, Kerry Combs will stick to his base defense with the direction of Ryan Day. Last one. This is from LJ Vantresco. He says, do you like the decision, Jay Book, to expand the Ohio high school football regions from eight teams to 12 teams for the playoffs? I like it. I, I do like it. Um, I do like the concept of the top four teams getting a bye. I saw that. So I really like that. It's, it's going to give more, more kids the opportunity to play in the postseason. Um, a lot of these kids, I know when I was in high school, we finished for two years in a row, I think we finished nine and one and nine and one and missed the playoffs. So that talk about frustration. We were a really good team and couldn't get into the, into the playoffs, even at nine and one, but teams today, you know, they can get into the playoffs at seven and five, depending on their strength schedule, eight and four. But I think uh, just giving those first four teams who earned it a bye will be pretty, pretty good, especially letting those guys rest. So I, I like the, I like the, the change there. I also like having Jonah Booker on the Bucknuts Morning 5. You come strong as always, my friend. Thank you very much to Jay Book. And again, if you like the show, give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe if you're listening on YouTube. It really helps, and we appreciate that. Thank you to all the listeners out there for tuning in. Thank you to Jonah Booker. I hope everyone has a great day and a great weekend. Let's show that Buckeye swag, best damn band in the land. Picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better 
because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 